Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Welcome back, Pods fans, to another episode of Ring the Bell Pods Talk. Let's get it going in three, two, one. All right, welcome back, Pods fans. Ring the bell, episode three. Myself, Nick Ryder, and former closer Heath Bell. Heath and I just uh, got back from two vacations, Margaritaville in Mexico. How's Margaritaville? Margaritaville was, uh, it was fun. I had a good time, but it was the one in Houston. It's I was on a lake. I can't think of the name of the lake, but um, if it was Margaritaville in like Mexico, I think it would probably have been way much better. Yeah, they played Jimmy Buffett nonstop. Uh, I mean, yeah, but it wasn't necessarily nonstop. It was just maybe it was a little, it was a little cold one day. So it yeah. was, you know, and there's not much to do, but just hang out of the pool and the pool wasn't heated. So you're not really hanging out of the pool and um, there's a lake, but yeah, it's just, it was, you know, cost an arm or a leg to rent a boat or anything. And it was just, you know. It, it, let me put it this way, Margaritaville. If you're going to bring your family, it's not the best thing for your family. Not like a kid-friendly environment. Well, they had they had um, one like two. Well, like they had two like little slides that were kind of cool, and then they had this huge area that um, for like little kids, maybe like ten and under. Mm-hmm. But it was freezing. The water was freezing. Yeah. Cold. I mean, maybe when it's really really hot then it, it, it feels great, but yeah, it just was one of those things. Texas needs a few months to warm up still. I think, you know, come June, July, it'll be pretty hot. Yeah. But you know, it was just one of those things that, I mean, the hotel was not the best. They didn't really have the best food. Um, Hmm. they only had two restaurants unless you wanted to leave. So, and just the service of the food wasn't necessarily good. And the food was like bar food. So, you know, the drinks were good and, and the atmosphere, the people we went with was a good time, but, um, it's all about the company. It was, it was almost like, you know, I'd, I'd rather go somewhere and with friends and family, it, it just didn't blow me away. Let me put it that way. People ask, would you go back? And I'm like, yeah, probably not. Probably not. Knocked it off your list. Well, well, I, you know, if there's another Margaritaville somewhere else, maybe just but, not the Houston, Texas one. 
Where's yeah. the OG? Is that like Florida? I don't know. I want to say maybe Florida, but Makes I don't sense. know. Yeah. It, I, to me, it ha- it almost has to be like an exotic place or something. Go to Hawaii Costa Rica. or Jamaica or something. Yeah. Islands or something. So what was in Mexico? Mexico was was fun. Uh, just, just had a nice little family trip there. Short little period in, in Cancun. Stayed in Playa de Car. Uh, it, it was nice, but uh, don't want to bore the fans too much with that. Uh, <laughs> I love the thing is, I love Mexico. I always felt like growing up in Southern California, it was Mexico's like my backyard, you yeah, know. Um, 100%. Did you learn a, a good amount of Spanish when you played in the league? Yes, and no. So, here's the thing is like the slang terms, right? Um, yeah, I could speak baseball with anybody. You know, we can have a conversation, any, any baseball really good. So I played baseball in Venezuela and Dominican for a few, few years in the winter ball. And uh, I got really good since I was down there for three months a year. And then I, at the time I was living in California. And when I was trying to speak Spanish that I knew in Venezuelan or Dominican, I'd come back to California and all the Southern count Mexicans were like, what the hell are you saying? This doesn't make any sense. It's a different lingo. And I'm like, huh? So then none of my, I guess, Mexican friends or Spanish friends would talk to me in Spanish. And then I would go to spring training and lose it again. (laughs) And then, so yeah, it was, it was hard because it was almost like learning, you know, in school, you learn Spanish. Mm -hmm. Then with your friends, it's Spanglish, you know, it's a slang. Right. And then in baseball with, you know, I guess the Latin players, um, it's a different Spanish. So, and I'm not the best student. So three Spanishes, you know, and I was a C student anyway, didn't, um, yeah, it didn't help me out at all. Yeah. You know, the good part about all this is when they were trying to speak English, like some of the Latin guys or, you know, Spanish guys, um, I could understand them really well. And, you know, I, they, they understood me if I was trying to speak Spanish to them, but we never really had full conversations because most of the time they were trying to learn English. So, and it was when, then when I went to Dominican Venezuela, and I was in the Meyer leagues, you know, they helped me out in Spanish there. But then as I got to the big leagues, I just kind of lost it. Cause I, I didn't, I don't speak it. Right. Yeah. So. I don't, I don't think that the Spanish is the biggest language, but I feel like the, like the Asian ones are a little bit harder, like the Korean players, the Japanese players, because they're one of one on the team for, for the most part. Have you, you had a couple of, uh, yeah, but they have interpreters, right? They always have interpreters, but they, the try, Spanish but they guys still don't try, have though. interpreters. They still try though. Right. To make conversation without them. Oh yeah. They, I mean, they trust me, every Asian player that comes over here, they know if they didn't have their interpreter, they could speak English. Yeah. They well, use I, mean, I think you Darvish speaks pretty good English and like he always speaks Japanese in the press conferences and has an interpreter. Yep. Because the interpreter is going to say what he should say. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, anyway, it's all about their image. Speaking of, yeah. in- speaking of images, the Padres image as of spring training so far has been a losing one. Um, you know, the players just are having a slow start. Well, here's the thing. Games in spring training don't mean a whole lot. Right. But um, you got to, you got to breed. Okay. So you got to breed some wins. You got to, you know, you're not trying to win the whole game. I feel like if you're losing the game towards the end of the game, the second half of the game, you're fine. Right. But all of our, all of our losses have been early in the game. We're giving up runs early in the game. And it's not like, um, 
the second half of the game where we're putting guys that are trying to make the squad or our young talent, you know, is usually basically I'm talking pitchers wise. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the guys that sometimes you just don't know what they have this and that, but it, it just seems like our guys that are getting ready for the season that are going to be on the team are um, struggling a little bit. Yeah. And I know from experience, you go out there in your first outing and maybe you're trying to work on your fastball and your changeup, just command. I get it, but it seems like everybody's doing that maybe. And um, I don't know. It's just a little uh, worrisome for me. Cause like, you know, um, uh, Weathers, I love Weathers. I think he's could be a great pitcher, but he hasn't really had any good outings yet. Um, Mackenzie Gore, that apparently last year nobody really liked because he wasn't doing well in the minors. And I looked up his stats, and he ended he had a high three. So I don't know what you're looking for. Are you looking for a one ERA? Just somebody really stupid, right? But he's having um, a good spring this year. He's he came to spring. It looks like he's come to spring training to win a job. I agree. He could be the fifth starter. And if people aren't coming and going, I'm going to win this job. This job is mine. Nobody's going to take it from me. Then I'm a little worried some because yeah, we have a lot of good arms, but who's, you know, you Darvish is going to be there and Snell and, but it's just, you know, um, those guys, you could be working on some things and I'd like to see their second, maybe their third start really kind of bear down and have some good outings. Then I'd be a little bit um, more happy, be more confident. Yeah. Um, but like, I love Gore right now, but like weathers, weather should be coming in and really like saying, I'm going to win this job. I'm going to win the lefty job in the bullpen or I'm going to win one of the starting jobs, whatever he wants to do personally. And I'm just not seeing it for him right now. Yeah. I mean, you definitely want to see a competition out there. It's kind of like when you have a quarterback competition, I mean, this is, there's a competition for the fifth spot in the rotation and there's a, there's a bunch of different guys. It could be Paddock, Weathers, Nick Martinez, Mackenzie Gore, and you want to see more guys take. Yeah. And just like Paddock, he should be coming going, look, I've had, you know, I had a good year, had some, I had a rough year, you know, the pandemic year. And then I had another rough year. I'm coming here to win it. Like this is going to be mine. And I don't see that from him. I mean, because so, when you're coming to spring training to win a job, it, there's no working on your fastball. There's no working on your changeup. You're there to get everybody out and to have like 10 innings in spring training or how many they're right. going to throw and have give up like one run or no runs or walk nobody, strike a couple guys out or a bunch of guys out and kind of show them this is what I'm made of. This is what I'm going to be doing the whole year. Yeah. And we got two um, weeks left until the, until the start of the season. So, I mean, they better start proving something now. Yeah. And starters, guys, pitchers that want to be starters, you're only going to have two or three chances at, especially this, this type of spring training that's kind of rushed. And um, yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, it's a little scary to me right now because last year I was telling everybody starting pitching is what I'm worried about and starting pitching. I think I'm worried about it again. What you worried about. So if, if it ended today, who would be your fifth starter on the roster? Gore. Gore. I'd love to see it. I would totally. I mean, from right now, he's already had two outings and he's dominated both outings. And let me just check really quick. He's the only one that he started both wins. Yep. For the Padres. So maybe there's just this mystique about him that we're going to win games. I don't know. Hey, if if it translates to wins, I'm all for it. Yeah. So let's say, let's talk about the trade. Yeah. The Luke Void trade. 
Um, yeah. So so we go out and and trade away Justin Lang, pitching prospect for uh, Luke Voigt, who is a first baseman who we already have on the roster. You yeah. texted me. You said this is one of those things I was talking about last week. Exactly. How do we trade for a first baseman if we already have a first baseman? Now I so, think they're going to use him as a DH a lot, but I would love to hear your opinion. Yeah. So I mean, what, what's the, what's the deal? Are they getting rid of Eric Cosmer? Are they just going to get a bunch of first basements? Like Will Myers did a great job, All Star. Then they signed Eric Cosmer, and now we're getting another first baseman. And like, what's the deal? And honestly, like Profar played first last year. I mean, Cronenworth. Cronenworth played first base. So what's what see that this is the problem that I have with management. What, where are they going? Where are they going with it? I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. I don't understand. What, what are you telling your players? What are you telling your players? Like, where's our void right now? Void shortstop, you know, maybe find that power hit left-hander yeah. or right, right fielder. Um, just that one more bat in the outfield, you know, we got infield, you know, pretty much locked down somewhat. So let's go get another first baseman. And what are you tearing Eric Hosmer? Oh, it's okay. Don't worry about him. Oh, we're going to have a DH now. Well, well, yeah, really? I'm pretty sure they made the trade for just a DH because we didn't have enough guys swinging the bat. And he, let's remember he was in a, um, very friendly hitters ballpark, Yankee Stadium. It was hit two, 260. And he was protected by a lot of big hitters too. And he hit 260. Yeah. So, and here's the thing I was somebody that with the New York Mets didn't pitch well, but if you actually broke my numbers down, I pitched great at home. Not so much, you know, as a reliever, if you'd have like three or four games. If you had five bad games a year, your ERA was pretty much shot for the whole mm-hmm. year. Um, then he came to San Diego and did really well. So, I mean, that's, you know, um, I hope that happens. I mean, Adrian Gonzalez, that happened too. you know, a couple other guys, Chris young, but it's, it's one of those things. Uh, I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. I mean, please tell me somebody tell me what's management thinking. There, there's a couple of thoughts for me. One being, of course, they want to continue to try to trade Eric Cosmer. And if he gets traded, then that's your first baseman for the year, right? I mean, you don't want to lose out on the opportunity to trade for him because the Yankees were looking for a, a trade partner the entire time. The second one, of course, is that we needed more power in the lineup. And he does have pretty big power. And we do have a DH spot open now. Um, but Eric Cosmer said he's fully on board with the decision. Of course, he has, he said that. I mean, that's that's just who he is, and it's, I'm, I'm cool with that. But the, honestly, for me, the biggest need is a corner outfield spot, and they still haven't done that. And you mentioned that we have multiple first basemen on the roster. We've got four guys on the roster right now that can play catcher. Alfaro, yeah. Caratini, Nola, and Campusano. Alfaro's hitting the cover off the ball right now. Uh-huh. But he's not a guy who was supposed to make the open day roster, and he might now. Nola's the guy that we traded for that – Give so where are you putting him? Exactly. I don't know. He might be our backup catcher. So here's the, here. This is what I'm, this is what I'm talking about. If you have all this talent, right. Where are you going to put the guys? Okay. You say the Padres need more power. Okay. How about maybe we need more guys that hit 300 that get on base. And then we have maybe two, maybe three power guys. Mm-hmm. You know, we have Machado. He's got power. Eric Cosmer's got power, but you know, he's not, he's not hitting 300. He's hitting, you know, 260, 280, something like that. Tatis that's out. Will Myers has power. How much power do you need? 
You need guys to get on base. You need guys to get on base. You hit 300, hit the ball, get on base, create some havoc, and then have the power guys hit them in. But if you're just looking for everybody to hit home runs, name one team that just everybody hits home runs. You could say those bad guys up north, you know, maybe the Dodgers or what Dodgers do. <laughs> but or you can even say San Francisco because they kind of went off last year. But here's the thing is they didn't have a mil- San Francisco last year that surprised everybody in baseball that they they had guys that sit there and they were all team players and they all went out and did what they needed to do. And right. they weren't flashy and they weren't like, ooh, this guy's got power. This guy's got this. The team is an um, anomaly, in my opinion. Yes. You know, but I think there was good coaching over there. I really For think sure. San Francisco. Kapler's a great coach. Everybody trusts Kapler. Yeah. And they can't, and they trust the management where, hey, we're going to do this because of this. You know, it wasn't like, oh, hey, we're going to go sign. We're going to have a first baseman. Then we're going to get another first baseman. Then we're going to get another first baseman. Then you know what? We're going to have four catchers. Right. That you really only need two. Well, then, okay, if he's hitting really well, what are you going to do? Put a catcher in the outfield? Right. That sounds like a great great job. I, I don't I don't. Buy or that. let's put him at first base and let's take the first baseman and put him in the outfield. All these guys that you know, traditionally first base catcher are not quick, not fast. They got good hands, got usually a good arm, maybe a good bat, but they're not outfielders. No, you know, so they're catchers. Yeah. So, and they're first although, base. Although Will Myers started his career as a catcher. No. And you know, so did uh, Bryce Harper too, True. True. but it's, you know, and, and Brandon Inge back in my day with Detroit played short and played everywhere, but you know, even like, you know, you know, Jeff or not Kemp, but Biggio. Yep. Craig. Um, but it's, it's one of those things that they, all those guys that we just talked about hit 300 except for Will Myers and Will Myers hit 300 when he was very beginning. Yeah. It was like, well, we did try yeah. to go after one of those guys that hit 300 Adam Frazier last year. That was at the deadline, but that was a head scratcher as well, because as you have your entire middle infield already locked up, why are you trading for a second baseman? He's and, a guy who definitely fell off with us. Didn't have any pop whatsoever in the bat. And I think, uh, correct if I'm wrong, but San Diego is obviously a hitter's ballpark. And when you don't have power, like I feel like those are easier outs. So here's the thing is base hits. Okay. It's not so much, it's a hitter's ballpark because the outfield is so big. Well, I think okay. it's a pitcher's ballpark, right? Well, yeah, but here's the thing. I always took it as, and as a pitcher, why couldn't we get guys that hit 300? So like Adam Frazier, right? We got him last year. What did he do different in Pittsburgh that we, that he did different with the Padres? Do you know? He played every day. He played every day. True. Played every day, was in the lineup, and we had a better lineup than Pittsburgh. Oh, by far. But he was slotted. Last year, you never knew if he was going to bat second, leadoff, bat sixth, seventh, eighth. Where's he going to bat? You just don't know. You don't get comfortable when you know you're like in the two hole every day. And you have two bad games and you're 0 for 3 and 0 for 3. Next game you go 4 for 4. Guess what? You're batting 400 for the last three days. So baseball have to remember that. You know, it's a game of failing, but it's it's one of those things that you got reps. You got to get your reps. But here's the thing. Like you said, we get Adam Fraser, but we had a middle infield. Right. So now what? Well, that also, that also there was speculation that caused drama in the locker room as well. That they were like, why are we trading for a guy when we have our entire middle infield locked up? Like, there's no point. And, and he, he kind of knew himself. He's like, why am I here? And that's where I go back to management. So if I the players you. don't trust the management, then what, what's going on? That's my biggest thing. Here's the thing. 
people always ask me what really what happened with me with the Mets and San Diego and all that stuff. And I said, well, the coaching staff, I believed in them. They believed in me. They would say Bud Black or Darren Balsley. I remember there was a one game in 07. I think it was, it was 07 or 08. I think I blew the lead in I was, it was in Arizona. I blew the lead, gave up a run. We ended up winning the game anyway. Um, and I was just kind of bummed and they patted me on the back. Both of them did at different times. Uh, Bud Black and uh, Darren Balsley patted me on the back and said, Hey, don't worry about it. Same situation comes tomorrow. You're in there. Mm-hmm. Guess what happens? Same situation. We we're up by one. And I was like, dude, I'm not going to play. I'm not going to play. And they called you're in. And I'm looking at the lineup. I'm face basically facing the same guys. And you got the save. Well, I was setting up for Trevor at the time and I, they put me out there, got the hold. and I went out there and I did my job and I went one, two, three and got the hold. And, and just little things like that, you know, when patting someone in the back and you're going, you know, you're over, you know, a day or two, don't worry about it. You're my guy. Keep going, keep going. Don't press. Yeah. You know, or it's like, Hey, I'm going to give you a day. And then you're going to be back out there. I just think you need a day off. Like Wednesdays, you're going to be your day off. Just get your, you, you know, clear your head. Thursday, you're back in there in the fourth spot or fifth spot or wherever it is. And then the next day you're back out there in that spot. You start trusting in the coaching staff and management. They, it's like, Hey, we need an outfielder. Well, they go out and get an outfielder. Maybe it's not the outfielder that we want, but it's the outfield that they think they, we can, you know, best the best outfielder we could possibly get for whatever reason, but they filled that void or they went out and got like, say, say we need an outfielder right now. Cause that's, you know, let's, we're all saying left fielder. We go out and get, you know, we bring in three guys for spring training, one young guy that's with our team and two veteran guys. Okay. The best guy out of spring training is going to win that job in left field by far. Everybody knows, but now you go out and Hey, we need another bat. So let's go get another first baseman slash DH. Well, gosh, we already have those positions. Don't we? I mean, we were talking a while back that the Padres pretty much, you know, there's no spots to win really. There's not a whole lot of spots to win. I mean, yeah. we got shortstop right now, but that's just until Tatis comes back. And if there's no spots to win, let, let's go get another guy, you know, the, for the same spot that we already have guys. Right. What does that tell your coaching staff? What does that tell your players? Baseball is a very mental game. And as much as I tell people all this, they're like, well, you know, you guys are professionals. You're adults. You should know this. Like Eric Cosmer is like, yeah, it's fine you know, helps us win games. It's great. What's he going to say? No, that's a horrible trade. You're never going to hear that. But guys right. are literally thinking that because I guarantee Eric's thinking, well, gosh, are they trading me now? Like, what's the deal? I'm not going to tell people I'm thinking that because I want to do, I want to perform and I want to stay in San Diego. It's great. You know, the fans are awesome, this and that, but. But wouldn't you, know, you argue just, that, wouldn't you argue that that gives them a kick in the ass as well, though? That competition that we were just talking about with the pitchers. Not, not necessarily because the guy's on the team. So it's kicking the ass. It's like, you're like, okay, I'm going to show him. I'm pretty sure. But that's the thing is, are do you want your players always worried about their roles? Or do you want your players to believe that the management and coaches have your back? True. I agree. Because you're going to have good years and you're going to have bad years. It's very hard to have great years out year after year after Just year. Yep. Even look at Tatis has been great, but he's been injury prone. I mean, there's a lot of guys that have oh, been yeah. that way. Totally. So, you know, it's like this guy could have been all world if he could have just stayed healthy. It seems like so. Bob Melvin is that guy that you're talking about, though, that is like Bud Black and Balsley, who 
go right back to you, give you a pat on the back. So you got the next one. I mean, I'm not in that locker room, but from what I've heard from other players and what I've can see so far, Bob Melvin seems to be that guy. Although I think you're talking about a bigger picture here and the upper management and yeah, I'm not talking about Bob Melvin. I think Bob Melvin's a great guy. Um, just look at the coaches we've had the last couple of years. Yep. None of them has worked and it's all puppets. been throw puppets. Exactly. And Bob Melvin is not a puppet to a point. He understands like with Oakland, because the only reason I say to a point is because with Oakland, they're always changing people out and they're trying to do this money ball, uh, blah, blah, right blah, now? that. And it, and he understands that, Yeah, but he's hopefully he's coming to an organization that doesn't do that, but I have a feeling that's pretty much what we've done the last couple of years. And it doesn't work because you hire a manager to do a job. And if you're hiring a manager and I'm not saying Bob Melvin, our previous managers, and you're telling him what to do, what, what, what is he? He's just yeah. a face. Well, I mean, Mach- Machado said he's excited because this is, you know, since his time in San Diego, this is his first veteran manager. The other two guys are rookies, Andy Green and Tingler, are both first year managers when they got the job. So yep. it says a lot, but side note, back to to Oakland really quickly what they're doing is ridiculous I feel like they're sabotaging their franchise to get a move to Vegas I mean they are literally trading everybody away they did not spend a single dollar in free agency they literally traded away their 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 manager they gave him an opportunity to go to a different team mid-contract which is ridiculous like they don't they're lucky if they get like 5,000 fans in a game I mean they're doing all they can to get out of Oakland in my opinion. Well, the only, you know, the only thing I'm going to say, I'll be a devil's advocate on this one is, I mean, Oakland, they needed a stadium for a very long time and the city won't give them one for whatever reason. I don't know all the logistics with it, but they Vegas won't give them. And in Vegas, it's just, you know, I think, I think they'll do well in Vegas, but I just, it still scares, it scares me with Vegas. Just, you know, like all temptation. Um, just, you know, problems you know gambling is not the best thing but i know football but football is one day a week you know i know yeah, hockey well, h- hockey's there i mean look at the Raiders. Three, though. i mean three, they just they just had a, a shit show of a season with henry ruggs killing someone manslaughter arnett the cornerback who who uh, had a handgun charge you know they've had their coach john gruden i mean like that was just that that city tempts a lot of people, but I don't know. I feel like baseball, you're so laser focused all season. You have so many games in a season. I mean, the hockey players are staying out of trouble. The Vegas Aces are saying, I know it's a WNBA team, but like with football, they play once a week, you know I mean? They have no, practice of course, but it's not as long as a season. I think, and I also think there's a lot of baseball players that come out of Vegas too. I mean, look at Bryce well, trust me. And, and Chris Bryant. And- I, I could literally see baseball in Vegas. You know, it scares me, but there's some things in this world that scares me, but I still yeah. do anyway. I so. mean, I think the owners are just thinking cha-ching the entire time. I mean, they say with every sports franchise, you know, you're visiting team, having the opportunity to go spend a weekend in Vegas to see your team play. I mean, that's that's bucks right there. Oh, yeah. People would love to do that. I I, I mean, I'll, be, I'll tell you, I'll go watch Oakland play. Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. Padres Oakland. You know? Padres, Padres Oakland, anybody that plays Oakland. Yeah, man, I'll go watch a game there. It'd be kind of yeah. cool. The Oakland is so, of Vegas. But hey, you know, the Padres right now, I, I, here's the thing prediction right now, really quick. Yeah. Do you, before we go on to the next topic, um, how do you think the Padres are going to do this year? 
They can be uh, first, second, third, fourth. <clears throat> I don't think they're still coming in first. I think that Dodgers lineup is just the best I've ever seen. It's just ridiculous the way that they've orchestrated that lineup. I mean, you've got three MVPs in the lineup itself, Mookie Betts, Freeman, and Bellinger, to add to Trey Turner, who's an MVP candidate, and Muncie, and Justin Turner, and Chris Taylor. I mean, it is a ridiculous line. And Will Smith. And they're pitching, I mean, they're pitching W took a step back with not having Scherzer anymore. And of course, Clayton Kershaw's getting a little older and Dustin May's coming back from injury. But I, there's no way they don't take first, in my opinion. I think we get second, though. I don't, I think the Giants season last year was kind of, kind of anomaly. They lost a couple of players. Gosman's not there anymore. Um, you know, Chris Bryant's not there anymore. So I'm with Colorado. I don't think Colorado's going to be competitive. Um, and I think the Diamondbacks come in last place. I got I got the Padres I got the Padres in second or third place but I just I have this funny weird feeling that they're going to miss the playoffs again this year um it's it's probably going to change when that happens that happens it's game over for Preller he's done um I'm just going to say this right now I'll probably say it more I hope that happens so Preller's gone because I think the Padres have so much good talent and there's so much there's so much future and potential and i just think he's the one key that's holding us back yeah i mean say say what you will yes we talk about the tatis thing but he's also really good at scouting players cj abrams has been lighting it up so far and he's been looking like the best pick out of that draft mackenzie gore has been great as well i mean he's i mean he's drafted ryan weathers who you love drafted chris paddock i mean these are guys that are you know they've still got a lot of potential and cj abrams i think is making the open day roster as well had a game for the Marlins. Did he? Oh, yeah. that's right. He did. You're right. Well, he traded him, trade for him. But here's the thing is Paddock is not what we thought Paddock was in the very beginning. True. So, and did he put the right people in front to help Paddock? No, he hasn't. Right. You know, and here's the thing. Yeah. There's these players that look really good right now. And the only one that's really penned out has been um, Tatis. That's it. Is CJ there, is in spring training is spring yeah, training, man. Ball flies in Arizona, but it's come season and it's just, but the, you know, there's so much talent there. You can't have 40 starting pitchers or 10 starting is, pitchers. Is there any possibility whatsoever that let's say that they missed the playoffs this year, they hire a new GM, but Preller stays within the organization in like a scouting role. Is that, I mean, do you guys do that? They take a step back and they say, okay, you know what? I sucked as a GM and I'm going to stay in the organization and take a lesser job. Um, You know, it just goes on personally with your pride. That's real. It is. I mean, you'd have to be like, Hey, look, I'm going to step down because I think this organization needs this or, you know, I'm going to take it. You know, it's, I don't think I was going to say, you know, he's going to have to get fired and then take a lesser role. But if he has years on his contract, it's better for him to just go home and, sit sit at home and make that money and then yeah. come back and work but it, it's just, it's just one of those things it's just he's done so many different things and it really hasn't panned out yeah it really it no. really hasn't it, it is pretty disappointing it really is just because the new management seems great the fans are into it we've we've spent money that the padres have never done before they've got big names they've they got some young talent you know and it's it's like this and I want to go into our next segment really quick. Uh, what I like to call the what if segment, but um, the Padres in 05, 06, and, you know, went to the playoffs, lost against the Cardinals. And then I came over there with 07, you know, we had somebody like Jake Peavy, 
mm-hmm. that did not want to get traded to the White Sox. Actually, it was the third time he had a no trade clause. You know, he signed for 50 million or something like that biggest Padre contract at his time. You know, what if we never traded Jake Peavy? What would the team still be like? Would Adrian Gonzalez would have stayed there? Would I have stayed there? Would, you know, all those different guys, would they have kind of stung around? Well, we've done really well. And we would have had that, you know, um, like Clayton Kershaw, you know, Clayton Kershaw is not the Clayton Kershaw we've had before, but that's not the, but he's still a name and people show up and they see him. The Padres never did that. Oh, I mean, when PV would start, I remember those games would be the most packed games, you know? Yeah. We were going to see PV play. And I remember seeing him. He had that one hitter that he threw. I was at that game. It was ridiculous. So what if we never trade Jake PV? Do you think people would have tried to come here? Uh, you know, I, I mean, like I, other I think, pitchers, other hitters. I think you have an ace. I think you can build around him. Yeah. I mean, I think it, uh, you keep him there. Adrian Gonzalez, you know, we keep him there as well. It, the, the lineup is, I mean, Cleo green still there. Uh, is Mark Loretta still there at the time? You know, Chase Headley's coming into his oh. own. Like those are all guys that, you know, you, that hit pretty well that you can build around and Chris, him and Chris young were a great one too. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, we could have another segment about if Chris Young. Um, I'm going to have that. Chris Young's have doing that. pretty well now. No, he's doing well. But if Chris Young never got hit in the face by Albert Pujols and oh, got knocked ridiculous. out, that kind of ruined his career. But um, you think he got the yips after that? No, he actually couldn't breathe with his really? nose. He had oh, a nasal issue for for two years. Oh, he he could. He was hard for him to breathe out of his nose. That's awful. It was almost like you could he couldn't take a deep breath. So and that, that man is so tall and he gets hit in the one place that and, is and the thing is, hidden. if you can't breathe, you, he actually changed his arm motion because of that, because he didn't know he was doing that. That's sad. So anyway, but yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, if anybody, if one of, if, you know, of all three people that are listening right now, and hopefully it's a be a 300 to 3,000, oh, well, 30,000. Um I need you guys to write in and say, Hey, you know what, what if, what segment would you like to hear and hear me talk about? Cause I really think if we would, if the Padres never would have traded Jake Peavy, I think you could have built around him. I think somebody else would have wanted to come here. Um, could have won a Cy Young. Definitely would have won a Cy Young. Another Cy Young. Sorry. An- another Cy Young. He could have been basically what Cl- Kershaw with the Dodgers at when Kershaw was dominating, there really wasn't many people around him. Oh. And then, and then they started building in young guys. They wanted to be like Kershaw. I guarantee yeah. all those young guys looked up to Kershaw and then Padre young pitchers would look up to Jake Peavy and they'd have that guy. When they come into the big leagues, they have Jake Peavy talking about, this is how we do it. This is I've won Cy Young slash two, three, whatever it would have been. This is, he probably pitched, would have pitched a no hitter or something. I mean, he was that good. Definitely. And it, it just, you know, fans loved him and he, everybody, it just, it he was a man. Been, I mean, look at, look, tell me, he would have been the Clay, you know, Clayton Kershaw of San Diego. Fans basically. loved him. Look at Joe Musgrove. He wears number 44 because he was a Padres fan growing up and he's respecting PB. I mean, that's, that's like Padres royalty right there in pitchers, but you're a pitcher and I'm sure you knew this at this time. I mean, the AL, the hitters there were way more deadly. I feel like than the NL in that time period. So PB goes over to, the AL to pitch for the White yep. Sox, then goes to Boston and gets shelled in like the AL East, right? He's playing against the yep. Yankees, you know, like 20 games yep. a season. Yeah. And those, the AL hitters were deadly. And the ballparks yeah. too. 
Oh yeah. The ballparks, small ballparks. And I mean, it was, it was definitely, definitely he's playing at Camden yards. He's playing at in Boston. He's playing at Yankee stadium, you know, the ball blows out. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's one of those things. No, trust me. No, I get it. I was watching and it just, yeah. It's unfortunate. And he's not, he's not Jake Peavy, you know, San Diego um, uh, signed and then got up and he was, he's kind of the guy he's, you know, Mr. Padre, you know, he's not Mr. White Sox and this and that. And just, yeah, it's just, it's different when you get traded or you go to a different team and where they really embraced you and the fans love you. It's, it's, it's tough. It really is. Well, I love that segment. What if let's, let's keep it going every week. Uh, Would love to hear a spring training story since we've got two weeks left of spring training, what you got for me. Ah, you know, one of the best, uh, Spring trains, uh, actually all of them. Another spring train story that I have um, is, let's see, I'm trying to think of a good one to talk about right now because I know I'm going to come up with another one. So anyway, so the story that I'm going to bring right now is, so I got to spring training in 07 since I brought the 07 up when I came to the Padres. So I got traded and it was me and Royce Ring. Mm-hmm. And he's a San Diego state guy and everybody in the media was talking Royce ring, you know, San Diego boy coming home. Who's this Heath bell kid, even though I was born in San Diego, I was kind of like the throw in. Um, my wife literally looked at me and was like, you need to quit baseball. The media <laughs> hates you. The, and I, and I looked and they, at her they and soon I said, loved Look. you. don't worry. No, I, I literally looked at her and I said, just give me this year. And if I don't make it this year and I don't become something this year, hang it up. I'll, I'll, I'll quit. Cause she was tired of me being gone all the time. And, you know, we had three kids and, you know, she's like, you're gone for six months of the year. This is not good. You know, you're going up and down from the big leagues, minor leagues, you know, you've been there. That's your dream. Okay. Now go get something stupid and mm-hmm. go, you know, go work at home Depot. So anyway, so the story came along. So I'm just kind of building up. So in spring training in 07, I just dominate. You know, I, I think I, I don't know what I had, like I don't know, 12 innings or something and like 20 strikeouts. I mean, I was just mowing everybody down. And uh, um, the media comes to me and goes like the last week and goes, hey, uh, so it looks like you might have a shot of making the team. And I went, what are you talking about making the team? He goes, yeah, there's, you know, there's eight guys for one spot. And you're one of them and you've actually done better than any of them else. And I literally looked at him and went, what are you talking? They traded for me. I'm on this team. And then I walked away and he, he was dumbfounded for my stupid comment. <laughs> I walked away and went, Oh shit. I guess. Yeah. There was eight guys for this team. Like, you know, to make this team, I just thought, dude, I'm going to be on this team. This team's mine. I'm going to dominate. I'm going to win. This. I never thought that I had to win the job. I was just going out there and it's like, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it this year. And then I will always remember that. I was thinking that I was like, gosh, there was seven other guys trying to make this job. And Ackerfeld came to me the next day, Daryl, the bullpen coach and uh, came to me and says, okay, so you're going to be on this team. We're going to have to get you a luggage and blah, blah, blah. And uh, I said, okay, thank you. You know, I was kind of like shocked. Yeah. And, um, and the reason I was shocked, I'll tell you in a minute. And then, um, he goes, so you're probably going to be a six inning guy. Cause you know, we have a seventh inning clay Meredith and then, uh, Scott, Lyon, uh-huh. sorry, our Scott is our, uh, 
line breaks are eighth inning and then Trevor, but there's some days, you know, Trevor doesn't pitch more than like two or three days in a row. And then Scott's going to have to close. And then the claw will ships up. Yeah. It shipped up and you'll be the seventh inning guy. And I go, okay, cool. And then he's like, there's some days that both of our horses, you know, Scott and Trevor will be down and we'll ask clay to close some games and you'll have to set them up. And I was like, all right. He goes, well, then there's also, I'm just telling you, there's going to be days that our three horses are going to be, and we're going to have to ask you, we're going to close the game. And I looked at him in the face, went, you're going to ask me to close a big league game. And he goes, well, are you scared? You have over hundred saves in the minors. And I go, no, I just think it's the coolest thing in the world. You're actually asking me to do it. And he goes, well, if the stars are aligned, you're going to have to do it. And I went, okay, this will be fun. <laughs> so and I ended up getting two saves that year. But it was how old just were you when was, that was how old was I? Yeah. 27, maybe 26, 27. Something like, yeah. Wait, okay, let me think. Yeah, 26, 27, right You're around my age. age. But here's the thing is my mindset was so like, I'm gonna be I'm on, on this team. Yeah, I'm just on the team and I'm gonna do the best I can can. I showed up to spring training like I'm already a padre. And the well, funny part is. I showed up and um, on the roster before I showed up to spring training, they gave me the number. Uh, I think it was uh, number 22. And then when I showed up, I was 21 and I was looked in round Well, we signed Marcus Giles and he wanted 22. So he took it and I was like, okay, I don't really care what number. Well, you, you just got put in with San Diego royalty in 21 with Danny Thomason. Yeah. And um, um, God rest his soul. Um, third baseman passed away oh caminetti cabinet kim caminetti so but it's um yeah it was good times you know every time we talk about spring training like 30 stories come into my head just memories gotta pick so, some good ones but yeah, yeah I, like, I, I mean I, having that mindset of, of already being on the roster whether you know this or not i mean fake it till you make it you know like yeah that's act, act like you're supposed to be there you know what i mean that's that's literally what i think gore is doing right now He's just like, dude, I'm on this team. I'm going to show you. I'm- he's doing a great job of faking it. I mean, he better. So, I mean, I hope he keeps it up. I mean, that guy. He ridiculous. ain't faking it. He's, I don't he's think good. he is either. I don't think he's either. There was a reason why he was so highly touted and why he was such a high prospect. He's earning that respect back, which is great. I, I like him. I do too. Hey, if, if some of the guys like say Paddock, I think he has, he, I think he could have a bright future, but if he doesn't do well, send him down, let him go. Yeah. Trade him. I agree. Or I mean, it, it's time. Would you put you him, have Gore? Would you put him in the bullpen? No, nope. I'd put him there to trade him. Yeah. If he's not my guy, no. Weathers, send him down. He's not ready. Mm-hmm. Even though I like him, I like his stuff. Maybe he's not ready. Yeah, could be tough for egos though as well. I mean, Paddock is a guy that's been in on the roster as a starting pitcher for three years now. You know, and sometimes he's, he's, he's the sheriff. You know what I mean? No, I know, but sometimes you got to take a step back, take two steps forward. I truly believe that. Yeah. I would go back, figure it out, come back and be the sheriff that I know you can be. Yeah. And if and then personally, if he goes in a rabbit hole, well, I guess he wasn't the guy. Yeah. Sometimes you got to swallow your pride. Really, you really do. I think I know why he's struggling. He didn't go to Georgetown. He went to Cedar Park. That's why. Yeah. Cedar Park <laughs> sucks. <laughs> Georgetown really quick is they're 12 and one doing great my kids actually hitting 600 600 knock on wood that it holy crap so geez arkansas is really happy right now is 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 he signed yet or is he just committed uh well he he signed like committed to go there 
Got it. I, so I'm just wondering if there's like an opportunity that someone else comes in and is like, Hey, you know, you are putting hit pretty good. You know, maybe the Longhorns come. Honestly, out. I think he loves the coach and he loves the atmosphere there that he's, he's going to go there. Even if the only way he would not go there is like if the draft came along or something like that. Right. But yeah, that's, I, I think he really liked it because Wichita state was interested at the time, not super interested, but they were like kind of in the weeds and stuff. We kind of want to see how you go. And he just was like, no, I really like this coach. I'm like, all right, well, if you, if you connect with them, then go for it. You know, you be you, or like my 12 year old says, you do you boo. You do you boo. <laughs> so anyway. All right. See you next week, folks. Pod yeah. Stuff. Go, go Bring Padres. Even though, I kind of pushed down on their management. Still a huge Padre fan. And I will tell you, you are. Just, we are. Here's the thing. If the season starts, I'm going to be like, they're going for it. But I'm going to also try to be real too. So anyway, just got to throw that in there. Cause I, my kid, I was like, dude, you don't like the Padres. But I'm listening to you. I'm like, <laughs> yes, I do. That's hilarious. Anyway, hope to see you guys next week. And let's get to 3000 followers before we get to 30,000. That'd be kind of cool. Let's do it. And then 300,000. And then yeah. 3 million. This episode of Ring the Bell Podstock is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Go to BetOnline.ag and use the promo code BELIEVE to get your free welcome bonus. Go lock in some bets. March Madness is upon us. Win some money. Do it for your team. Do it for your family. And do it for the Padres. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than a life policy. It's about the promise and the responsibility it comes with being a new parent, being there day and night, and building a plan for tomorrow, today. For the ones you'll always look out for, trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. Save big money and start your spring project with help from Menards. We offer a huge selection of body plants, veggies, and herbs to plant at home and grow yourself. Right now, all four and a half inch Bonnie plants are on sale through May 5th. Head to the Menards Garden Center to get your garden growing and check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big